you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 2. And I'll get to it in a minute. I have some stories to tell before we get there. If you've figured me out by now, you know, I don't know. When you live life and you hold a microphone, you tell stories. So, are you a team player or a lone wolf? Have you ever been in a place where two leaders, you've been, two leaders disagree on how to accomplish a goal? That can be very frustrating. And uh, you hear one side say this, one side say the other. Uh, we had a beautiful wedding here yesterday. And uh, there were a lot of, if you've ever been married, brides, you know this more. The grooms, we sit on the side and just let them work it out, right? I mean, that's, that's the best advice I can give the grooms. Uh, there are a lot of decisions to make, little things you don't think of until you're in the middle of rehearsal. Do we stand here? Do we go there? Do we do this? Do a lot. And they would come and ask me, and I would say, it is her wedding, pointing to the bride. It is not my wedding. <laughs> I have an opinion, but it doesn't matter. What does she want? And uh, with, when you're trying to work with a team, it's difficult sometimes when everybody's sort of doing their own thing. I think about the different sports teams, and Tampa Bay had three teams, three pro teams, in the championships. Two of them won, the Lightning and the Buccaneers. But I guess it's going on the Internet, but the coach for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, my favorite baseball team, made the worst decision during the uh, World Series. He pulled a pitcher that was doing quite well and stuck in some relievers, and they lost the, the game and lost, eventually lost the series, but just decisions. And what was funny, they, he said, they said, did you ask anybody what their opinion was? He goes, no, no, I had a gut feeling. Well, his, his gut led him the wrong way. Back in the mid-'80s, 1980s, some of you weren't alive, some of you weren't even thought of, but I was alive. <clears throat> I was 19 years old, and I was uh, at this youth camp. And uh, what they, at this youth camp, you, we would uh, have morning devotions, like a morning chapel, and then in the afternoon, the kids would, we divided them into teams, and they would play sports in the afternoon, and then we'd have services at night where God would move miraculously. But during the afternoon, these teams would play one another, and at the end of the week, the coach of that team, the counselor that was in charge, would select two all-stars, or an all-star and an alternate, and they would play the counselors in a big basketball game. This was like the highlight for us sports fanatics at camp. And... Uh, I was not that good until I got older, so I was rarely selected as an all-star. Let's say almost never, probably once. But when I was 19, the camp director asked me to run, be the rec director for the camp. So my role was not only to set up all the games, but to coach those campers against the counselors. Setting this up, there was a young man who was just like me, but he was always an all-star, and 
he played in those games every year but never won as a camper, so he thought this year as a counselor he was finally going to win that game. But he ran into me. Because I may not be that good, but I, can, I feel like I can coach. And I pulled those guys aside, the young guys, and, and it's a basketball game. And if you've ever played basketball against some older gentlemen and you have a bunch of young teenage boys, what's the best thing to do? You full court press them. Anybody basketball? You full court press and you run their socks off, basically. You just run, run, run. And we wore them out. And that other guy was so dejected because he had looked forward to that day. And with a ragtag bunch of campers, we beat them for the first time in like 20 years. That was my, I won't say my proudest achievement at camp, but I really relish in that fact. In fact, that gentleman is now a pastor uh, in Virginia, and I'm going to sort of tag him in this post. <laughs> uh, CJ knows who I'm talking about. Anyway, I say that to say this. It, teamwork doesn't have to be, you don't have to have Michael Jordan on your team to do well. You just have to have good teamwork. And I want to talk about that tonight with Mark chapter 2, a familiar passage that I don't want you to fall asleep on me on. All right. And again, he being Jesus entered into Capernaum after some days and it was heard that he was in the house, immediately many gathered so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them, and they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said, Why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk, but, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose, arose, took the bed, and went out in the presence of them all. So that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. We never saw anything like this. I've preached that message. I've, we've had Sunday school classes where we talked about Jesus uh, forgiving sin and all those things. But I want to focus on those four gentlemen and what it took for them to help minister to this paralytic. Back in the day, I remember a sermon my dad used to preach. He, he used to hold the rope. 
was the title of that sermon. This is not that sermon, by the way. But he talked about them pulling up the prophet out of the muck and mire, these four men letting down this uh, paralytic, the Rahab putting a cord outside her window, letting the uh, spies go free and all, and letting Paul down when he was being chased. However, those four gentlemen risked a lot. They, they took a chance. They, I, I won't say took a chance. They were seeking help for their friend. They were looking for help for their friend. How many of us have someone and we have prodigals we're praying for. We have folks we know that are sick in body. We have all kinds of things going on. How can we help? And I'm going to help us tonight figure out how can we help them. The first thing, be willing to team up. Be willing to team up. None of the four men who carried the paralytic uh, could do it by themselves. It took all four to carry that man. And I picture this stretcher. It took all four of them to carry him. But they got their heads together, decided they would uh, team up and go and take him to meet Jesus so he can be healed. They didn't take him so his sins were forgiven. They wanted their friend healed. They loved him enough to carry him. How many of us love someone enough to invite them to church, to talk to them about Jesus, to pray with them? to do? We, we desire those things. Each one had to give uh, of themselves for the benefit of that one gentleman. They all had to say, you know what, I'll take this afternoon. We're going to go. We're going to go meet Jesus. It took all four to make that decision. Each one was vital. Can you imagine three guys trying to carry that, especially at the end <laughs> when they're letting him down? It, it'd be okay maybe two guys could carry it, but when you're letting him down, that thing would be all kinds of every which way. Each one demonstrated their faith by their action. They showed their faith in what Jesus could do by picking up that stretcher. They showed their faith that God could do something for their friend. Why go to all the trouble if you don't believe in your heart? He can do it. Amen. Why, why even bother? Why do we go to doctors sometimes? Because we feel like they can help us. Why do we come to an altar? Because we know there's someone that will meet us there that can change our life, that can make it brand new, that can make something happen in our life. I was thinking about that in Exodus chapter 17, verse 8. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men to go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow, this is Moses saying, I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand... Amalek prevailed, but Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. 
and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Moses, Aaron, and Hur teamed up to pray and support in Israel's victory with Joshua. It took all three of them. Moses said, you know, I'm going to do this, but how long can we do that? I don't know about you, but the older I get, the, the shorter that time span is. I can keep my hands up, right? And think of Moses. He's, his hands are up. They're winning. And oh, just the weight of everything. We need help today. Why do we pray for one another? Why do we uh, intercede? We have a Tuesday morning prayer here every Tuesday at 11. Why do we do that? Because we can't do it by ourselves. We have to join together. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, they shall ask anything and it will be done. We do it together. The, the faith was for Joshua or for uh, Aaron and her to help support the victory that God desired, but it took the, their effort to see that victory take place. It took the effort of these three or four men to carry this paralytic to the place where he could be touched by God. Let's team up together for the purpose of seeing souls saved. I don't know what what your ultimate goal, the ultimate goal of this church is to see people touched by the power of God. Their lives changed. We saw one in second service either rededicate their life or given their, uh, just coming back to Jesus. It was awesome. It's amazing what we can do when we team up together. It's, it, we're not in it alone. We're in it together. We're in it for the purpose of God. Think about the number of churches around the world today that are going after God, and it's our desire, it should be our desire to see everyone come to Jesus Christ. Amen? So let's team up. Number two, be willing to go up. Be willing to go up. When they could not come near him because of the crowd, they tried to get through the door. They couldn't do that. They went up on the roof. They uncovered the roof where he was, so when he had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was laying. Number one, they had to adjust their plan to accomplish the goal. Have you ever set out to do something? And it just does, it's not happening that way. You got to go a different way. They got, I, I mean, you get frustrated sometimes because you have this plan in your mind. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden, the, the way is blocked. They had to say, okay, this way is blocked. What else can we do? They oh, let's go up. Can't go in, can't go around. Let's go up. They had to take a different approach by going up. It didn't say which one had the idea. It didn't matter, did it? Because all four had to say yes. They all climbed up on the roof and tore it off to let their friend down. Now, if you've been to that area, I haven't been, but you've seen the homes. It's, a, it's ho totally different than the way our homes are constructed. So it was a lot easier to get up on the roof than, than here in America where you'd have to get four ladders or, you know, it'd, it'd be a real difficulty. 
But it took faith to go up. I can hear the doubters. All right? Hey, we're going to take him up on the roof. We're going to let him down. What do the doubters say? What if they make us pay for the damage we're going to cause? You're going to tear off that roof. What? Who's going to pay for that damage? We had, and I won't go down that rabbit trail. Let me keep going. <laughs> what if we fall through? What if we all get up there and the weight of us is too strong and we all fall through? Well, I imagine if, if that occurred, Jesus would just heal them all and they'd all walk out. <laughs> that didn't happen. Uh, maybe someone said, what if we drop him trying to carry him up there? I'm sort, I'm sort of this guy when we do things. I'm like the, you know, we have the dreamers and then you have some of us who say, well, well let's make sure we cross every T and dot every I because there might be some hidden things around the corner and we just got to watch out for it and make sure. Uh, what if Jesus rebukes us and decides not to receive him? I, I, we don't, obviously, we don't read any of these doubts in here. Somebody said, let's go up on the roof and let him down. That's the way to Jesus. And they said, let's go. There's times when you've got to just push doubt aside and say, we're going to go. We're going to go on up. We're going to do what needs to be done. One thing that I love about this church, I can make a few phone calls and have a group of guys here to help tear the chair or take the chairs and get them out of the way, set up tables, have a meal. And after the meal, we, I, I used to plan for a cleanup crew. We don't do that anymore because so many of you just jump right in and help us put things right back. God has, thank the Lord, he sent us a, a group of folks here that just, they jump right in and help. Amen. Give yourselves a hand. Praise the Lord. You don't find that in every church. That's part of that. That's part of our mission here. That's part of what passed the vision God, God has placed in his heart. Anyway, faith says, not this faith, but faith in God says, we have to get him to Jesus somehow. Remember the woman with the issue of blood said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. The centurion who said, Lord, Jesus said, I'll go with you. He goes, just send the word. Just send the word and my daughter will be healed. My servant will be healed. I think of the story of Jonathan and his armor bearer. Jonathan, the son of Saul, the king. 1 Samuel 14, 7. Yeah, I gave you that. So his armor bearer said to him, because Jonathan said, hey, we're going to go do this. He said, do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. Then Jonathan said, very well, let us cross over to these men, and we will show ourselves to them. If they say to us, wait until we come to you, then we will stand in our place and not go up to them. But if they say thus, come up to us, then we will go up. For the Lord has delivered them into our hand, and this will be a sign to us. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, Look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have hidden. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, Come up to us and we will show you something. <laughs> Is that like the enemy? Come on up. Let's, let's see what you got here. Come on up. Jonathan said, 
Come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees and his armor bearer after him, and, and they fell, the Philistines fell before Jonathan. And as he came after him, his armor bearer killed them. That first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men within about half an acre of land. Two men fighting a whole garrison of Philistines. And because of their faith, they said, all right, if they do that, God's with us. When God is with us, we can go up and take whatever mountain is in our way. We can face whatever is in our way when God is with us, when he has called us to himself, when he has called us forward. It's scary sometimes. I can imagine that armor bearer, you know, he's, they're going up to face all these men. Have you ever watched those um, karate movies? And there's one guy who just defeats them all. Or, uh, you know, I always thought, why don't they all just get around him and jump him at the same time? But no, in the movies, one comes up, he gets them, and the other comes up. And I'm thinking about this with Jonathan and his armor bearer. God was with them and allowed them to bring a, a great victory because this victory brought encouragement to all the troops that were sort of hiding and waiting. What we do as we go up, as we see God move, as we have faith to take the step, it encourages other people. It encourages those around us. I can make it with Jesus Christ. I can go. I can see a victory. I can see God move. Amen. I can see what God can do. His servant said, do all that is in your heart. That should be our desire. God, do all that's in your heart. Use me to do all you desire to do and to accomplish. God, I am here as your servant. Do all that you desire to do. Let's go up. It may not be the, dir the direction or the plan we had to begin with, but there's another way if we just let God lead us and we walk in faith. The next one, be willing to man up. And that simply means every person carry their own weight. Every person do their part. Some parts are maybe public or more uh, noticed. Others are behind the scenes. Others you never see. It doesn't matter what role God has placed us in, what he desires to do if we're willing to do his will. God calls, God asks, and we do. And God brings the blessing. God brings the reward. And I've always thought this. I don't know if we, we have scripture to back it up. I don't think so. I mean, not specifically, but I think of the re rewards in heaven, the crowns that people are going to receive. And they're going to be people that we may know that are going to get a, a huge crown <laughs> or one with a lot of jewels, let me say. Because they did so much that nobody ever knew. They interceded. They prayed. They ministered. There was a lady uh, that was in a church we were in. She worked at McDonald's. 
Now, this McDonald's was in Walmart, and this is before, long before COVID. <laughs> it, was the, it was the first McDonald's I'd ever seen in a Walmart, and it was always busy. And, uh, you know, there's one down in the south end. I think they have a Burger King up here on the north end. And, but this McDonald's, she worked there. She began to witness to everybody that she worked with. And people started showing up to the church. I'd introduce myself, and I'd say, how'd you find out about our church? They'd say, well, Maria, I work with Maria at Walmart, and she invited me. And then another family would come, and then their family would come. And my goodness, this lady, unassuming older lady, in a retirement was working at Walmart to earn money, was the greatest witness that our church had at that time as far as seeing people walk in the door. It was amazing. Why? Because it didn't matter what she was doing. It didn't matter what role she had in the church. She really didn't do anything else in the church. But she was a servant of God doing what God asked her to do, and that's to share Jesus with her neighbor. It is amazing what God can do when we say, Here I am, Lord. We take our part, we take what we have, and we do it with all we are. We don't wait for some position to take us to where we think we ought to be. We do what God has placed in our hand. We say, here I am, Lord, use me. Whatever that role, whatever that task is. Each man had to help in some way to get this man before Jesus. All had a part in the miracle by doing what they could. There are four types of people in the church. You ready? This is. There are people who watch things happen. There are people who don't know what's happening. There are people who resist what's happening. And there are those who make things happen. Sometimes our past hurts fall in one of those categories. If you, and I mentioned this second service, if you've been in church any length of time, you've probably been offended or hurt in some way. It's just, that's just life. However, what are we doing it for? Jesus said, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. Satan wants to take that hurt and that pain and put you on the sidelines, say, don't do another thing because nobody cares, nobody appreciates, nobody loves you. I mean, don't believe those lies. Don't believe all that mess because the best thing, the, the best tactic Satan can use is put us Christians on the bench where we don't even get up and do anything. But we need to take and man up these four men made something happen by jumping in and helping out. Now, their task wasn't that difficult to carry a paralytic man to Jesus. The closer they got to that miracle, the harder it became. Because, oh, we're going to just carry him in, walk him right in. Jesus is going to heal him. We won't even have to carry this bed home, you know. But no, they got there. They couldn't even get in. They had to go another way. It's like, oh, I mentioned this in the, first, in the service this morning about my cousin asked me to help him move. 
My mom used to say this, when people ask you to do something and they tell you it'll take about an hour, you multiply it by two and a half. Because usually it takes a lot longer. Have you ever done something for somebody and uh, I was changing a lady's tire on the side of the road and you know, you thought, okay, I'm just going to run in there, get her spare, put it on there, and send her on her way. No, the spare was flat. So I have to load the spare up in my vehicle and drive it and get some air in it. I put air in it. There's a hole in the spare. I've got a lady with no, you know, no tire on the side of her vehicle, side of the road, and I'm helping, and it's taking longer than I want it to. You ever been there? You ever done that? It just does. Those things happen. But you're committed, and you just go ahead and do it. And then they don't even say thank you. Now, this lady did. I'm not. But sometimes, but I go back to that scripture, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. So even though we don't get recognition, even though they, we don't get a pat on the back, or we do it because we love God. And there's ministry out there for all kinds of folks. Some are going to receive it, some are going to reject it. But we do it all, not for their recognition, not for their acknowledgement, but for his glory and his honor. There were a few men that had to man up. It was the three Hebrew boys facing a wicked king and a fiery furnace. I don't think I need to read the whole story. All right. But they were thrown into this fire. And I like the verse. Let's see how much where do you have. Let's see. Verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He arose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered, to the king, yes, it's true, O king. Look, I see four men loose, not bound up, but set free. And the fourth one is like the Son of God. When you're doing what God desires to do, no matter what fire comes at you, the Lord is with you, and he will see you through, and he will set you free. And we need to man up. Just do the task that God has before us. Whatever, If it's going to that neighbor who's built his fence on your property line, who's, uh, whose dogs get loose, I'm the neighbor whose dog gets loose. I don't know if a neighbor kid is letting the gate open. I don't know. But he gets out sometimes and he, I guess this is my own personal problem, sorry. But... He won't even come to me with the piece of bacon or chicken in my hand because when he gets out of that fenced-in area, it's like freedom. So I've learned this lesson. I leave him alone. In about 30 minutes, he's worn out. He comes to the door and wants back in. <laughs> but I don't How did I get down that road? Okay. So, <laughs> wow. My children are left. It'll come to me. Be willing to do what God asked you to do, to man up. Just, I don't know who that was for. If your dog gets loose all the time, just be in grace and have, have peace. Out. 
God desires that we take the mantle, whatever it is, and do his will, accomplish his goal. It could be the smallest of things. It could be great. It doesn't matter. When God asks you to do it, we do it. The last one tonight, be willing to finish up. We team up, we go up, we man up, and now we need to finish. Verse 4 says, They let down the bed on which the paralytic was laying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Completing the assignment is essential in seeing the miracle. When you're seeking a miracle, you don't give up right near the end or when it gets difficult. If they had gotten to the door and it was blocked, oh, I guess we're not going to see Jesus today. They could have just laid him there. Maybe when Jesus walks out, they'll find, he'll find him here and do something. No, they didn't give up. Perseverance is rewarded with a miracle. If you're asking God for salvation of a prodigal, for healing, don't give up till you receive. Think of the prodigal son and the, the story Jesus told, the parable. Sermon after sermon, we've heard about it, but that father never quit looking for that son to return, and that's faith. That's faith saying, you know, God, I don't see it right now, but I'm going to go and I'm going to watch. I'm going to pray, and someday I'm going to see them come to know Jesus. I'm going to see them walk down an aisle. Or I'm going to hear the story, wherever they're at, that they gave their heart to Jesus. Don't give up. Don't give up. Second Chronicles 13, 20. Thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, and did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all his heart, so he prospered. We all want to prosper, but our motivation should be to do God's will. Then we can hear the greatest words ever spoken. Matthew twenty-five twenty-one. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. So many people, they, they, it doesn't happen the way they think. They don't get the ministry they wanted. They don't get the recognition they wanted, and they just walk away from it all. But I want to stand before God one day and say, well done. For him to say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. But if I've dropped the ball, if I've walked away from it all, I'll never hear those words. Whatever task he has before you, let's do it with all our heart. So I want to hear those words. I know you do. Enter into the joy of the Lord. So let's team up, go up, man up, and finish up. And we could accomplish great things 
among us. Can you imagine that? When I first came to this church, I think the church was running about 130, 140 people. And I think Pastor called it the Hamster Hotel. <laughs> That's just a nice way of saying there were, there were some things in there we had to get rid of. Let's just say that. To think that this church would give what it does to missions on a yearly basis is unimaginable. And that's not a that's not a proud thing I'm saying. What I'm saying is God took our faith united together to say, hey, we want to touch the world. We can't all we can't all go on missions trips. We can't even if we did, we couldn't reach every place that these missionaries are at. There's absolutely no way you and I can go to those places. And if we went, we would need a translator anyway for many of them. But we can accomplish a lot as we allow God to use us. And whether you give $5 a month to missions, $20, $50, $100, $500 a month, whatever the total is, all of us collectively together are seeing God do great and mighty things. And one day we're going to stand before God and there's going to be people from places we have never been, never even heard of, or tribes, and they're going to say, you know what? Your gift that sent that missionary that supported them so they could come share Jesus Christ with me is the reason I'm here in heaven today. That's going to be a wonderful time. Amen. But it's all because we joined together said, let's do something for God bigger and greater than us singularly, but together we can accomplish great and mighty things. Amen.